Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent Dollar Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined, as always, via Zoom by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Well, how are we? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Uh, looking forward to this week's show. An interesting weekend of rugby. Uh, and we have a good guest tonight, actually. People will be interested, I think. Uh, former Connacht fan, Owen McKeown, who's recently hung up his boots after 137 appearances with the province. I think he made his debut in 2010, was part of that... Uh, Pro 14 or Pro 12 winning side back in 2016. So we'll talk to him about his career, what kind of all the changes that went on there over the last 10 years. There'll be some interesting stuff there, I think. Uh, and they had a great win at the weekend as well, Luke. Very impressive win over Glasgow. I kind of really carried in that form they showed against Ulster in that restart. I know there had been a long period off, but they were probably one of the most impressive teams last weekend. Yeah, no, they were, and they played. Look, they played good rugby just towards, like we say, the end of last season. But essentially, it's this season, really well, you know. Uh, so it's good to see them kind of bringing that through, you know. And hopefully, um, you know, to me, the key issue with Connacht is always kind of keep the guys fit. Um, I like Andy Friend. Every time I hear him speak, um, you know, I think he sounds like he's a pragmatic guy. You know, he never gets too up or down depending on how they're playing. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing if they can keep that going. You know, they're, they're a side that I think we, we kind of need. We, we, I think we underestimate how, how important they are to kind of developing our players from an Irish perspective. And, you know, we've also got some key guys down there as well, like, um, you know, Walton Delan. And, you know, I know uh, Quinn Rue are guys who I think will be involved going forward with Ireland. Heffernan has obviously been playing well, and he's talking about, you know, looking, eyeing up a, an Irish berth at some point. So, uh, interesting to see if he gets in the squad at some point in the near future. And then you've obviously got Bundy Aki there, who I think um obviously a class act. So, um, yeah, look, there's a, it, it'll be interesting to see how they go through the season. I think Champions Cup sometimes can take a bit out of them, Will. So that's a key bit for them to watch to see how they manage the injuries around that. Um, but, yeah, great start for them. Yeah, it was a clean sweep for the Irish provinces. Lancaster beating Dragon. Dragons handily enough. Obviously, a bit of an injury worry to Johnny Sexton to keep an eye on Ulster beating uh, Treviso. And then I thought the, the game of the weekend was probably Scarlet's Munster. Munster looked dead and buried with about 15 minutes to go. Then, obviously, Peter Armani got that second yellow card. But they showed some. Like, that's something they've always been really good at. You know, even if they maybe when they play their Saracens or the Lancers, it doesn't go out very well. They've always been so good at digging out victories against teams, you know, when they're not playing very well. Mm. Well, look, that was it. And look, great to get the kick at the end. I mean, that was. Um... That was ballsy stuff. So um, good to see one of the young lads kind of popping that one over. It'll give him a huge amount of confidence, I think. Um, interesting to see now they need to try to be, you know, try and get him some rugby. Um, whether they're able to do that now over the next little period, I think the international break probably seems like the most logical piece to, to get him more rugby. But that was good to see. Um, and yeah, digging one out away from home, it can be a real rallying call for the team. You know, if you know you can, if you can do it on a wet, a wet night uh, over in Wales. Um, you know, I think um, you know that that always bodes well for you because you're going to have a fair few of those games throughout the season that you might not have your first fifteen. You might have injuries. The game might be going against you. You might get bad refereeing decisions. But there's nothing that that gets a group closer than travelling back from a big win abroad. Um, so that'll be great for Munster. Good start for them. And um, interesting to see if they can build on that. We're obviously you know watching them fairly closely. I mean, Delaland is a super bit of business, but they'll be gutted with this Nyman injury you know that to me is um can they bounce back from that there's a big job for Billy Holland to to fill those shoes I think 
Um, but he he's well capable in my eyes of doing that. I think it was good to see Witcherly as well. I think he's he's going well. Um, you know, he's a player who I like. I think he's got a good size as well. You know, he's a big fella. Um, and I think, you know, Pete can be away on, on international duty and all that. So someone like him can become really important for... And I think he has aspirations of going further of that. I think he's capable of that from, from the size. He looks like a serious athlete, you know. So a few guys there who are who would be watching closely, Will. I don't know if you've felt the same. Yeah, well, on the se- on second row, like obviously we, we talked about Thomas O'Hearn, uh, you know, last week or was it two weeks ago with Keane about someone who, who's one to watch, as is Finney and Witcherly. Yeah, Ben Healy, uh, for me, I think JJ Hanron has had enough chances at out half. Like, I, I would be giving Ben Healy a run, like, especially JJ Hanron missed another very kickable penalty against Scarlett Sassby again. I think Healy even showed enough in the end game there in terms of temperament over the kicking tee, something that maybe he's been a little bit lacking for JJ over the last while. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to see him get a, get a chance over the next couple of games, uh, if possible. And obviously, Both the Ar- against is Edinburgh Edinburgh next week for them? Edinburgh at home this weekend, I guess. Pending, I guess. Obviously, they had a COVID positive test, so hopefully, fingers crossed, things uh, are okay. With I, that. They, are, they didn't. They don't have to can. Uh, do, or sorry, they don't have to. The game isn't forfeit, is it? At this point, they have to. No, yeah, the game would has would it been called be, off. It would be no, it hasn't. It hasn't at the moment. It's still going ahead. Okay. So uh, as of recording this podcast, it's still going ahead. So hopefully. That gets the all clear. And I guess Andy Farrell's naming a Six Nations squad tomorrow. Is there anyone you'd like to see in or anything of, of interest, do you think, for you? Well, I wonder what Casey have a look in there. Uh, I'm interested to see if John Cooney keeps the place. I think he should. I think he's been... That was a that was an unusual selection for that match um, at the end of last season, I suppose. So I think it'll be interesting to see if he puts it up to Murray or if he, if he thinks anything about that position. Obviously, Johnny's injury, you know, what impact that has. Is he going to be able to play the first game? Um, looking pretty dicey at the moment I think for, from what I gather Will I, I don't have any inside info on it or anything like that but just um, you know they're kind of, they can be kind of slow ones to come back from I think I'd be interested to see what they do with Stockdale uh, where he, I think he'll be in the team but where he where he fits I'm not sure at this point is he a winger or is he a fullback um, same goes for Larmer um, my sense is that he might continue there uh, with, with, with Larmer but we wait and see you know I think the two guys from Munster are playing very well Earls and uh, Earls and Conway provided they stay injury free I think they'll be guys who'll be well, Earls, in... Earls has been I think ruled out with a back injury this weekend so I'd say there's a good chance he'll be but I presume he'll be, I, my, my gut is that I think he's very I think he likes him so I feel like he might be named in the squad depending on whether he's actually able to play that first game we'll know mm-hmm. yeah um, just about back injuries he wasn't involved against Scarlett's either would question, you know, we'd wonder how serious that back injury is. I, I think she'd be interested to see if Hugo Keane gets gets named in the squad after a That's couple a of races. That's a good call. He's been very good. Very good. Yeah, impressed by him, Will. It's whether you suppose you see the value in having him play more for Leinster. That's the one question, isn't it? Yeah. And likewise, James Snow, I know he I don't think he's eligible until November rather than these last two games. So maybe they keep him, they don't bring him in for the, these two matches. But he's someone who will definitely be in the reckoning as well. Oh well, he's the, he's the January guy, isn't he? Really, not the like. I I don't. Do you think there's value in bring? Are they able to bring him in if he's not eligible? Well, he can play in November in that Autumn Cup. He just can't play the last two Six Nations games. Oh, sorry. I'm th- sorry. I'm thinking is the, is the, is that squad for both? I, I oh, sorry, it probably is for both. I, I actually was thinking that it was going to be the. Um, I was just thinking a bit more like Six Nations, to be honest with you. Will. Oh, sorry, it's, uh, the rescheduled Six Nations games. I bet. Like. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so yeah, yeah no. Um, yeah, look, look, he's just so exciting. Like he's definitely going to be in there. There's no doubt about that. And it, all of a sudden, we look like we we look very strong at the back. I think, and we look like depending on who he picks, you could have a few very big guys as well. Uh, all very good in the air. Um, so yeah, no, interesting. It's it's a, it's an interesting mix, you know. And I wonder, you know, who gets squeezed out somewhere. I think James Lowe will be nailed on no matter what because he's been the standout guy amongst all the provinces for a very long period of time pretty hard conversation to have with someone like Andrew Conray if he doesn't get picked. I mean, he's been outstanding. You know, yeah. I think Stockdale probably is the guy who looks like he loses out at the moment based on the form, but geez, I, I really like Stockdale. I just think defensively he's a bit shaky. Um, but other than that, I think going forward, he's a great size of a guy. He's got great pace. I I, I just hope to see him. I, I feel like he's a guy who should be one of the Ireland greats at the end of his career, but um, with a few bits to sort out in the short term, I think if he does that, he'll be in. But yeah, tough conversation with someone there. Um, yeah, you know, so that's interesting. What, what do you think? I mean, the Leinster stuff. Uh, how about Gary Ringo's at the kick? He's uh, the guy can do it all. He's one of my favorite players to watch. What, what did you think about them? 
Well, it's funny just on the kick. Like he, he, the last time I'd seen him kick from the left touchline, and they yeah, already asked him. Within a skills, yeah, skills cup final against <laughs> the Michaels remember, yeah. seven or eight years ago, and he it's nailed Michaels. it. It's almost the identical spot he nailed it from as well. So fair play to him. I wonder he must be still practicing. Uh, I think, training. They do. I think they do. They they have a bit of a crew that continues. I know Ferg McFadden would have been in that for a while. So I wonder did they say with Ferg retiring, you know, we might need another guy just to, to fill in that role in case Frawley, Byrne or or Sexto aren't playing. You just never know with these things. I mean, Issa filled that role and ended up being absolutely crucial to that Heineken Cup win, you know. So Yeah, it's um, funny with McFadden, like I forgot that at the start of his career, he actually kicked quite a lot. Because, like, if you look at how much points he scored for Leinster, it's, he he kicked loads at the start of his. Uh, it was unbelievable. First, it got him. Yeah. He, if you ask, if you ask for, he tell you like he practiced like hell. He wasn't sure it was going to pay off, but it actually ended up getting him in, getting him in the starting teams for for you know a huge amount of times, um, and literally in every single squad because he he could kick, you know. And then he got the confidence up, and then he you know became the player that that he became, you know. I think off the back of the kicking, so. There's certainly value in it. It's another string to your bow. And, um, you know, I think Madigan would tell you as well, it was when he, it was only when he really, so I suppose, got the kicking stats up into very respectable and high levels in the league that he really, got, you know, he got himself in every team, got in the international team. And it was it was based on that. So, um, and you can see how important it is to, to all these guys, um, you know, in, and to the teams. It's just crucial in the big games. You saw what Elliot Daly did to, to Leinster like he just decimated them any mistake from 68 it was over so a good kicker is key so uh, a good quick Google Barry. tells me that Fergus McFadden scored 444 points for Leinster like so and he didn't it sounds like he scored like you know 50 tries like so yeah. Well, I mean, he probably scored about 30 or 40 tries but anyway leaving that aside the, the kicking was definitely valuable the, yeah that's that was 300 points from kicks yeah 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 exactly yeah so um yeah, no, it's good. Good to see that uh, Gary has that ability. I mean, look, Leinster will just chug on through the league again. I think will. I don't know what, what your view is there. It's just too much depth, you know. I think too much quality. Yeah, no, it looks like that. You know, they're playing. I think Treviso this weekend. So you know, if they pick a, a strong enough team again, you, you you fancy fancy them there. Yeah, the, the team I'm most looking forward to over the next couple of weeks is Connacht. I think they're away to Cardiff this weekend, and after such a strong start. Yeah, it's Cardiff. Yeah. Yeah, and I know we'll talk down now about that in a minute. Like they, they look poised to maybe have have a decent season. So them, and then obviously you know Ulster got, got off to a win against Benetton as well. So it was good to see you know four four wins to start the season. Yeah, and look, they've got that match away to the Ospreys. So I mean, yeah, I, you know these are the ones they need to be winning to my mind. Yeah. Uh, these become key for Ulster, and this is the thing I think they need to change over the next little period is those away fixtures. You need to grind out one like Munster ground out last week. Um, and these are the ones that put you in a good position where you're not panicking at the end of the season and you're kind of playing for home turf, hopefully. Um, that's Because the, they should be aiming for that. That That's what gets them to a good position or maybe possibly playing at a home venue, you know. So yeah. wait and see on that one. That's a, a lot of interesting stuff and everyone seems to be regressing okay. Again, it's hard to gauge with the league, but you can only play what's in front of you, Will. And I think, you know, particularly in the away games, I think that's what I'll be watching closely over the next period is it, which of those three teams, bar Leinster, can kind of get a good away form. Uh, and uh, you know, I think build on, on on some good. I think on some reasonably good stuff from all three at the moment. No, definitely uh, lots to look forward to over the next few weeks in that regard. And obviously, Andy Farrell's uh, Six Nations squad and uh, for the autumn internationals as well to come tomorrow. But for now, we're going to talk to former Connacht flanker Owen McKeown about his time with Connacht and his recent retirement. Owen, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, lads. You must be you must be stuck for stuck for lads at this stage now with COVID and all those. I'll, uh, I'll spin a few yarns for uh, for the next half an hour or so anyway. Well, the highlight of your career coincides with Luke Fitzgerald's last ever game of rugby, so I thought we'd just mention it again <laughs> tonight. That's as, that's as good a place as any to start. <laughs> was that your last game, was it? Yeah, it was. I thought it was a bit later. That. You, didn't, you didn't announce it that quick after that, though, did you? Uh, well, no, I didn't know. So I, I kind of knew I was pretty goosed in the middle of it. Um, and um, probably living in denial like I shouldn't have played the second half it was like I had I couldn't um, I, I completely lost the the uh, the feeling in my left arm uh, after about I think uh, 30 minutes or so Gosh. and uh, never a good time no yeah you know, like I couldn't feel anything I was I knew I was do you know what in, in hindsight I knew I was finished uh, that that word that we like, I, I knew I was fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say it. Yeah, I, I knew I, and I kind of was. Do you know, it was, just, it was just in a final, and I was kind of like, ah, sure, I'll just give it a go. It's when you think about it, it's crazy. It's crazy. But it's yeah, like yeah. one of those things. You know, 
like, no, I didn't know it was my career over, but I knew I was pretty in pretty bad shape. Um, um, cause I'd heard a different part of my neck previously. And I kind of, they're, you know, the, the sensations are, even though they change body parts, um, depending on where you're hurting your spine, I kind of knew I was in bad shape. So yeah, yeah it was, uh, grim enough. How's uh, how's all with you? Do you 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 reasonably unscathed since? Uh... Yeah, well, I, you know what? Speaking of the neck, I actually had a. It's funny because I had a few lads on to me, obviously, since I finished up with Connacht, asking when I go back playing, like a few Dublin clubs, a few clubs here, and uh, I actually i i did a right old job in my neck against Gloucester in the Champions Cup just before Christmas, and then again against Munster straight after and then again against Ulster like it's literally only just settled now like I had to go up and get a couple of injections and Santry um, just compressed discs on, on the nerve and like every now and again I'll look a certain way and I'll be like Jesus that's still a bit funny like you know so I don't think I'll go back I don't think it's worth going back uh, playing and, and that's the only thing really that's lingered for me like oh yeah I'm well able to run well able to train well able to do everything um, so I just don't fancy like the, the lovely couple of four or five months there over lockdown not playing rugby like you'd be surprised how fast the body just heals itself and all the aches and pains are gone and like you know I'm not out of breath putting my shoes on in the morning or anything anymore it's brilliant it's funny I was saying to people and I, I don't know I think we might have had this conversation once or twice Will as well about um like I said, it's funny how good you feel when you, you don't play a rugby match on a Saturday. On, on Monday morning, it's like, it's or Sunday morning nearly, it's like you've been in a car crash. Like it's, yeah. uh, and pro- probably essentially, I think by the medical definition, it's probably pretty close. Not far <laughs> well, like that's what they were saying. They were like, the, the sports injuries that come in now are equivalent to what like motorbike cr- crashes come in with and like car crashes. It's a similar, it's the same things like, so um, yeah, you're, you're not far off at all. It's funny, we, we, we had a sevens game, a very rough sevens game, let's say football. This is like soccer. We, we started a, a Wednesday night league and uh, we were playing a bunch of, um, uh, like a bunch of big heavy lads like, and it got very physical, turned into a full on brawl by the end of it. <laughs> and I remember the next, the next day, like, I had a bus lift, like, a, like a bang in the side of the head, a dead leg. And I was like, I was like, jeez, I was like, I didn't even feel this bad after a game of rugby before. <laughs> so it brought me right back. Um, but yeah, jeez, it's uh, good to get the competitive, uh, the competitive streak back out again for something again. That, uh, but yeah, I was like, at no point was I watching the lads on Saturday playing that game and going, jeez, I'd love to be back out there. Like, I can safely say, after walking in of 18 holes of golf, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough to leave it behind <laughs> me. Like, you know. More and more with Luke Fitzgerald by the minute, your love of golf as well. <laughs> uh, but oh, it's interesting, I suppose, as Luke mentioned there, he didn't get to leave rugby on his own terms. Like, you know, you, for you yourself, obviously, I'm sure you would have loved to have stayed on with Connacht because I, I read a piece that you did quite shortly afterwards when you know there was a lot of uncertainty yeah. uh, over that last season. Like, So how do you feel now that it, it was kind of your decision was almost, in a way, made for you in a sense? Yeah, so like last year, it was uh, when I was signing or when I was up for a contract, there was the offer of a two year, and I wasn't really happy with the second year. So I opted to sign a one year on the back of, I was like, look, I'm not happy with that. I'm not going to sign a contract and be bitter over the second year. So signed a one year, first game of the season, tore my calf. So I missed probably the first three months of the season, which didn't help. But either way, I got back into the team, got back in for those Champions Cup games and the Interpros. And then there was a contract there before, our verbally contract there before Christmas. Um, and then obviously with the likes of Colby, Fianga moving on, it kind of changed the dynamic in the back row because he was meant to stay. And then Leon just came in and poached him uh, with a pretty good offer. So that affected the whole dynamic and it didn't work out. It didn't bode well for me. Um, I think there was there was a couple of other issues with players coming, being moved around by New Sephora and stuff as well. So... Um, I think around January it was 50-50 and then come March I it was like it just wasn't looking great so I just had a conversation with Friendly and to be fair to him he was unbelievably transparent the whole time and he was like look mate this is where it's at it's kind of a little bit out of our control um, and I'm just trying to be honest with you and I was like it was the indecision that was killing me more than that so I just said to him before the end of March I was like I think it was around the start of March I was like Friendly let's just 
let's just call it like and let's just say that I'm not going to be here next year and then I kind of initiated the conversation because I just I couldn't plan I couldn't do that and so I was like right is it, is it a rugby gig am I looking at my next career am I moving am I staying like COVID was coming in and I couldn't make any plans I think for two months that was like really bugging me um it was just frustrating because I, like I was playing, I was playing all the games like, and but there was no contract there, and it was a weird one. It was the first time in my career where I was like, I've lost control of my destiny here in terms of what's happening. Like I'm playing all the games, but I'm not being offered a contract. So it was a very strange dynamic, and I think before that, it was always about like if you play consistently, you're getting a contract. Whereas this year. It, that wasn't the case so um so yeah that was it that was kind of how it unfolded and like I probably dwelled on it for about that evening and then the next day I woke up and I was like right what's the next what's the next step and um I'd gone up in January and met with a, with a good few of the tech companies and then kind of really put the hammer down a bit more in March on exactly what the processes were there and um worked the network that like had been built up through Rugby Players Ireland and, and through Connacht and all that and, and tried to see what the next, you know, what, what were my options. And then it was becoming increasingly more difficult when people were being let go left, right and centre from tech companies as well. And, uh, obviously, they like to LinkedIn, you know, they, were, they chopped a couple of hundred people from the Dublin office. So, like, there was an influx of talent onto the market and here was me like a rugby player <laughs> trying to get into a, a tech job when the, when the specifications at the top of each one is one to two years experience. So, um, yeah, there was a stage there where I was like, geez, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to get sorted here at all, but eventually after hammering it down, I think I, I, Joe was a bit naive. I went in to the first two interviews for different companies and it just expected to get it. And I was like, that's just the mindset. I was like, I have this. And then I didn't get it. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, this is going to be, this is going to be, yeah. I was like, all right, this is as easy. (laughs) It's interesting though, isn't it? I think like it's, it's a, it's a real, it can be, there's, I suppose the, the, the challenge for rugby guys, I think, and I don't know if you agree with this, but yes, you're going to be down on one side of the experience like you're, you're just not going to have that portion of it but i do think we do we, we bring a different part to, to to the picture and trying to trying to sell that trying to find the 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 sweet spot where you say well look i this is a learning curve for me i'm really keen all these things i've learned from the rugby i think are applicable yeah um and i think i can add a bit more value here maybe to your team having come from the setup like it's a tr- it is a difficult one to, mm. to to sell that I suppose and it's obviously you obviously were able to figure that out in the end and or, or you met someone that you clicked with or was going to take a chance on you but in this market like I'm sure you were you were nervous enough you know yeah I, I, I went I got I got good feedback I, I got to I got to a final stage of a few of a few different companies that but one of the one of the companies got to the final stage was the guy I think I went into sort of. Um, you know, you're just going, not panic mode, but you're going to revert back to what you know. And when he was asking me questions, he was going, you know, and how does that, re- how does that relate to tech sales? And I'd be like, I'd say, give my answer. And he'd be like, again, and, and give me an example of this. And I'd say it, and he'd be like, and how does that relate to tech sales? And everything went back. And I was like, I kept going back to, oh, well, in training, I did this. Or in, in, in games, we did this. And, and I was like, and then at the end, his feedback was just like, I know you, I know you can do all that stuff. Like I know all that just from reading your CV, like that you're be a team player, you're competitive, et cetera, et cetera. He was like, get, get that out of the picture. He was like, do look at what you've done. Look at what you've done with, I'm sitting on boards of charities, sitting on the board of Rugby Players Ireland, the initiative with a a tech startup company down in Galway. He was like, lean on all of that sort of stuff. And he put me in touch with a sort of a, um, like a jobs, a job coach if you want to call it that and she kind of refined my sort of like my meat and veg answers so when it came to like what were your motivations you know why why this company why that like why tech why sales why everything and I refined that a lot more and I found that then that got me a lot further you know into it than it did like where I was at the start, whereas I thought I could just be like, oh, yeah, no, I, I played rugby and like, you know, leadership and like, you know, I was able to deal with high pressure situations, which like is nothing really like so. Um, and then obviously going through the processes of each company, you start to learn bits because like, there, I was obviously 
let's say if you want to say aiming at like all sort of kind of cloud and SaaS based companies. So like every time I was doing research, I was learning a little bit more. So every time I would fall short in an interview, I had a lot of info from the last one that I could bring into the next interview. And by the end of it, I, I felt like I knew so much stuff that like I, I almost had too much to talk about. So um, yeah, like, I mean, it worked out, worked out great in the end. Like got into a company that, that I, I really wanted to get into and uh yeah, as I said, I'm only a week in the job now with the heads melted. And, uh, <laughs> Wait, another six months of that. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I've another yeah, six yeah, months. But as I said, I take it overboard on many days, especially when back in lockdown. I was like, I was like, give me, give me the overwork load, like happy days. I, can I ask you just to bring it back to, to rugby just for a moment? Um, like, and you, and you spoke about Andy Friend. Um, my sense of him has been that. I, I like I like how he speaks, you know, and I know there's going to be challenges with Connacht, particularly financially in that. But he seems like a good guy. He seems like a fella who you kind of think when I when I hear him speak and when I see what he's trying to do, and particularly when I see how they finished last season. Now I know it's only a couple of games, but they've started this season pretty good. Um, is he a guy that's going to take them forward? Do you think? Yeah, I, like I always, it's funny, like it, it, every coach has a different style, and like you know, like even Leinster, I think. Um, is Leo director of rugby and then Lancaster is the head coach or I'm not sure what the dynamic there is or I think it's more it seems to be like it's more a power sharing on the rugby part I yeah. think I don't know if he would call himself a director of rugby but um because he is very he's still very involved in the in the selection of the yeah. team and the lineouts and I think there's definitely a delegation bit and he would definitely sit over I think all most of the major decisions yeah. I would think yeah um but yes, yeah, so I, I don't know if that's the name of it, but it sounds like that. You, you, it probably sounds like a similar structure to that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I like with, with Friendy like down in down Connacht, like I always looked at him. Like he always let the like he let the forwards coach do his job. He let the backs coach do his job. The attack coach do his job. He let everyone do his job, and he would kind of tie it in at the end. So like in terms of it, like his involvement in hands-on coaching wasn't as prevalent as in he just let the guys you know take care of their units um but he still was the one at the end of the day like who was giving the bad news to the players on getting selected and not getting selected and I think his best attribute was probably like being a people manager so like he was able to you know defuse situations when lads were firing up over not getting picked or or whatever that may be and I think that's probably the most crucial thing for for a for a, for a head coach or, or director of rugby, whatever you want to say, to be is to be transparent and to be able to give that news, whichever it's good or bad. And I always had a great relationship with him. Um, I don't know, probably a little bit of both of getting older and a bit more mature that like, you know, you're not afraid to talk to the head coach and the fact that he's a good guy as well. So the, the two of them blended together. But uh, like we still chat, like still chat about the games, like after and, uh, and dropping texts and, um, uh, like, look, I, I, I think he's, I think he's done a good job. I, 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 I was a bit unsure at the start when there were so many changes made, but like they seem to have gelled pretty well together. And I think there's a lot of lads that are, they, he's brought in that kind of feel like they have to prove their worth there, and they seem to be doing so. So, um, so far, so good. But as I said, it's a, the, 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 the problem sometimes with Connacht comes later on in the season when the attrition of our squad starts to take a hit and, and you have and you have weeks where you know we can only manage 15 v 13 in training and it's like we just don't have the numbers like and it's always usually around that kind of christmas period when we really struggle because like we're just we're down to the bare bones and that's where we were always hampered so some years i used to think that like the years we did well very well in the league were the years we were in the challenge cup and it was because we could rest a lot more players and we could kind of like blood some of the young academy lads and give them experience against like a french team that's going to put out a second string team and so you could rest lads for two weeks and, and do that whereas Last year, let's say we it was all you know it was it was like Champions Cup into Interpros back into Champions Cup and like that's a that's a tough run of games when you're playing with the majority of the same kind of starting fifteen or there thereabouts. Um, but yeah, I mean like that's that's what we have to deal with and and hopefully if they can keep the uh, the injury rate below kind of twenty percent, like they, they should be okay. 
Yeah, and I guess on for yourself, you know, you've made your debut for college, I think, in the 09-10 season. So even though you're only in your late 20s, you were there for a really long time. Like, the yeah. kind of that you left there in the summer, how different is it to the one you walked into all those years ago? Like, how, how would you describe the, the setup when you first broke in? Yeah, it's it, like, it's 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 very different. And given my, I remember I was giving my exit interview and it's funny, like, the, let's say three years ago, we'd made improvements to like the SNC, the medical, the way we were managing training, load, everything like, and all the sort of, the, the way data has come into training now is, is huge. Like obviously there's GPS for every train and uh, like you're monitored for pretty much hydration every morning. Like you have to check in and do all the sort of like mobility stuff. And every year I'm like, geez, this is probably as professional as we can get. And then the next year they add a few more things and then the next year, a few more. And then I think back to three years ago, I'm like, geez, we were way off the ball then. Do you know what I mean? So it's just getting more and more professional every year. And I think um, each faculty is trying to add their piece and like grow and, and not stay stagnant and, and make sure that they're improving and keeping up to date with the latest scientists and everything. But definitely like the professionalism from 10 years ago through to now is it's it's completely different. Like it's a completely different organization and that through, through the whole, I think you, you'd say through the whole organization from like marketing to commercial to like logistics of us traveling everything's just become, you know, you know, really uh, top, top drawer from a professional standard. And were you one of the guys that were kind of seeking out like all that, like, did you like the data? Is more data good for you? I mean, you're obviously heading into the tech world. Are you, <laughs> are you in the, in the sales side or are you in the, uh, in the nitty gritty? No, no, I'm in the sales <laughs> side. I, it's funny, like, yeah. I, high level, you, high level. You like the, like, you like the tech that looks good in you and then you don't like the tech <laughs> that doesn't look good. But they, they, in fairness to them, over the last two or three years, like, they've refined it even more and more and more. So it's like, you know, you used to have those games. It'd be like, oh, so-and-so made 24 tackles. It was like, geez, great stat. And that was it. Whereas now it's broken down into three different things. It's like, is it a, was it a positive? Was it a neutral? Is it a negative? So, like, they, they, sometimes, stat, you know, the, the old saying, stats can kind of lie, like, do you know what I mean? And say, you know, like, okay, yeah, you had a lot. I always want to say the numbers don't lie, but yeah. I say the numbers don't lie, sorry, sorry. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> no, I, I, no, sorry, I know what you mean. You can't hide behind, yeah, because we, I remember it was, it was, uh, there was a you know you get those rook inspectors you're like yeah they were yeah, the last yeah. one in they were like the last <laughs> but their stats are unbelievable because will they used to look at these things where so you need kind of generally two in a rook if you're in the if you're the attacking team and basically you get a guy who's the third fella in like doing nothing just basically sitting on his own fella's hole basically doing nothing <laughs> and like just inspecting the rook as we call them and their stats were incredible but they were doing no real work but yeah no it, it's amazing how in-depth they've got and i assume it'll keep going that way i mean do you do you think all that stuff is good for the game i mean i i loved it i mean i came in i was in in, in 06 so just before you really um and again like even when i finished in 06 or sorry in six in 2016 um like it it was worlds apart from when i started you know and i think lens were actually pretty good at that stuff to be honest that they were kind of um, you know all those guys who are doing Kitman Labs and all yeah. that they, they're lens guys yeah. um, so like we had a few of those fellas in who were just really really into that kind yeah. of stuff and they bought into it so it, it is amazing like do you think it's good for the game going forward I mean do we end up like NFL where people don't get picked because they can't hit the stats or what, what do you think yeah I, no I do like I do think it's good for a game and like I think lads curiosity like after every training you're you're looking you're straight away you're looking at because they send out a profile after every training session they're like how how far how how much distance did you cover like what, what was your fastest speed like uh, how many times did you hit that 90 percent range and like lads are interested in that and like it almost gets a bit competitive as well it's like you know obviously top speed or whatever it is like but as well like when you look at games then it's like you can see exactly where we're sloping so it's like you know it may, let's say that like the from i don't know 40 to 60 minutes there's a dip and like this snc team can see that and they can relate that back or maybe even the first 20 minutes of a game and it's like why do we always have a slow start and it's they can relate that back to training and then you might see in training it's like geez we do you know what it takes us a half an hour really to get into training why is that and it's like if you can, I did the one thing I, I noticed about the year we, uh, we we won it was that we put a massive focus on um, 
uh, well on training but like it was sort of a case where it was like the second you stood onto the pitch the joke stopped and work started so it was like you you everyone had to account for drop balls um it, in fact I, I remember even thinking at a st- there was a stage there where it, i was more afraid to make a mistake in training than i was to make a mistake in the game but i think that was what pat tried to do is he pri- he tried to make it so stressful and uncomfortable in training that when it came to a game a game felt like a lot more relaxed it was like geez it was so you we were so used to getting that absolutely you know grilled and put taken out of our comfort zone in training that it transferred through into the game and that's why we seemed a lot more comfortable on the ball and I think I think there needs to be a bit more of that like that was some of the feedback I gave when I finished up I was like I was like it's it's a fine balance between roasting a fella in a meeting in front of everyone uh you know for a couple of mistakes that like are are clearly mistakes And, and at the same time lads need to be a little bit on edge going into a meeting as well like you, you shouldn't be too relaxed going into a meeting especially if you've you lost you should be thinking about monday monday morning monday in, in the going oh no that's going to be up there yeah <laughs> but like but that but that's that like i know some, I agree, coach, I agree, yeah. some coaches yeah. some coaches used to literally just put it up on the screen i won't mention names and just be like let's say emc question mark question mark question mark question mark and it was like what were you thinking here and like everyone in the room is looking at you and you're going like i, I wasn't like, yeah but like it could be something as basic as like oh i wasn't yeah. uh I, I i i i thought the pass wasn't on so i went and it was like but it was on it was like yeah i know but i but i thought it was and it, like <laughs> and it, that sort of stuff but like I, like over time like it's just like it does put that pressure on a team and i think nothing good can be achieved from a comfortable zone so like you have to you have to go there and you have to visit there often um, that uncomfortable zone and get out of that comfort circle because I even even from chatting to the Leinster lads um, like about their trainings and their meetings and like they sound like they sound like Lancaster gives out some serious grillings like and I'm not saying that that's the right way to do anything but it definitely it definitely keeps players on edge and it, it, the same with competition, the same with competition keeps players on edge. If you have a, a fella breathing down your neck, like, you know, it's going to get the best out of you. So I think that's how you get the best out of the team is by, you know, putting lads under pressure when they don't need to be. And um, we, we, like, we, 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 we did the whole, we went through the whole organization that year. We went through like everything from like, it was all these little one percenters. It was like, um, in, in, greet everyone when you get in, no matter who, because there's always clicks. Like so, greet everyone. Like you, you know, everybody in the squad, every all the SNC, all the medical, get into the coaches. How are you? How are you? How are you? Say hello to everyone. Everyone cleans up after themselves. Um, all these like sort of little things. And I was, I remember, I used to think I was like, what's the point of all these little things? But like they actually add all that up, and it just adds sort of discipline, I think, to the game and it pours over into the game and everything from like, you know, after, straight after a meeting, it was like, right lads, if you're on the clock, you've two minutes to be on the pitch. And it was like, right, right, in, gear on, on the pitch and we're starting on the clock. And it was like, it was all a bit like all these little add-ons, like, do you know what I mean? It just added to the performance. And I think that's why we, we, we ended up being so successful that year because everybody was just so disciplined and we knew exactly what we were doing. So um, I hope they could, the lads can bring that sort of discipline and um, their own style to it this year because they definitely have the players there um, to do it. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see, but I'll definitely be back with them. And what's what's the standout memory? You know, we, we touched on Murrayfield earlier. Like, you know, as you say, all the preparation that year culminated in like a fantastic performance in the final. You know, what's the standout memory of that day for you now? Oh, it was probably it was it was probably I didn't really because I, I we'd never really been there before. Like, we had big crowds at the sports ground, but we'd never really gone to a big venue. Like, obviously, Leinster playing the Aviva a good bit, and like Luke obviously would have played with Ireland. But like, I think the the biggest venue I played in was probably with the Wolfhounds down in like CIT. I think. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think Luke was actually involved in that camp as well. I don't know if he played, but it was like I think it was about fifteen, sixteen thousand. But that was probably as big as it got for me. Maybe outside of one or two of the French games, but getting over there, I remember when we were arriving on the bus and we there must have been a, there must have been about ten thousand fans just like singing the fields of Athenry coming in, and I was a bit like, holy shit! I was like. This is, 
this is a game, like this, we're on now. Like, so that was probably the standout moment. And then like the game, then like the game becomes like any other game. Like I don't think at any point it was like, this is a final. Like I don't think any of us went into our shells that game, which was, which was a good thing. So um, I thought you were brilliant. I, I can I can completely say like you know when you're like I, I knew a couple of moments like in but I bar my kind of surviving myself my own kind of injuries and stuff but I just think I could really resonate with what you're saying there about the, because the trainings were so tough um there were so many that played free do you know that kind of way like yeah. kind of unburdened like yeah. you were back, you backed the skills because obviously you put the pressure on yourselves I mean I'm thinking McGinty's like Adge McGinty's it'll rubber through I mean yeah. that was a bit of class now I yeah. know you were on top in the game um, I can't never pronounce his name but is it Adi Loken with the old soccer skills like he was just class he was a real nightmare to play against it was a shame to see him go this year uh, to be honest with you because he was so good yeah. um, or so good that year now I don't think he's kept that up but he was still like, excellent that year to be honest with you um, and then like just some of the some of the interplay from the forwards yeah I can completely see I could, when you were saying that I was thinking you know what that that's definitely why because I thought there was some brilliant play like you were you completely outplayed us and I do think the two guys in the center were outstanding like Robbie Henshaw is He's one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was a great, yeah. he was a tough guy to play against, but he's a great player. He's one of Leinster's best players. I think Leinster looked very different when he's playing as to when he's yeah. not actually. Yeah. And uh, like, it's funny because we, that wasn't just that year. Like, we built on that from the second pack came in. So he came in, and he goes, Right, we're scrapping the whole system. We essentially did what the All Blacks were doing because um, they were winning every game. And he's like, right, what shape are they playing? He's like, that's what we're doing. So we, the first year we tried to implement it, we, I think we finished bottom of the league. Second year then, we just about didn't qualify for the Champions Cup. We had to go into one of those um, playoff games with Gloucester. Outrageous score. I think it was like 30 something, 40 by the end of it. It went into extra time and everything. It was just tries all, all over the place. But I remember after that game going, geez, we're, we're, we're almost on it here now. Like the, after two years of building, and then on the third year, it just clicked. And it was it got to that stage where I remember chatting to one of the guys, and he was like, How are you going to launch the next few games? And I was kind of like, We'll beat these, we'll beat these, we'll beat these, we'll beat these. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, that's how confident we were in our game. And then it was funny, even I think before one of the last games of the year, we go to Chorizo and then lose. And it was like, what the hell? It's like so we'll difficult. Them, like, we'll beat them, we'll lose like literally them. Knocking, down, like, knocking down all the top tier teams. Then it was just like, and then it was like going to Chorizo and there's such a banana skin of a team. They're to they actually are tough there. They've beaten lots of oh, good teams there. Yeah, I think they might have. Oh, have they taken a Toulouse scout there? Will will be able to tell us he's our stat oh, I think they beat Beerits Beerits uh, Beerits right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but they're uh, yeah it's a tricky old place to go and you, like I remember playing there one day it was like running into a brick wall for 80 minutes like I, was, I couldn't get over it but they're uh, yeah they're a different team but yeah like I mean it was just a good year it was just a good year it was just a, a really good team and I think after that then losing the likes of Losing the likes of Robbie, Age Day, he's a massive loss. Yeah, Ali Muldowney. Um, Ali Muldowney, he was he, his hands were unbelievable. Actually, do you know for what were they the class player? Barely moved, barely moved out of the middle of the pitch. Middle all of the pitch did, all day. All he had to do was catch the ball <laughs> and give it, and that was it. That's all he had to do. It was brilliant, Mike. So yeah, yeah and uh, like that was it. And we and like then it was just it was tough after those players leaving to build the momentum, and then halfway through the next season. Pat obviously signed his his multi million dollar deal with Bristol, <laughs> um, so which which was completely fair. Uh, so like that's that's what he did, and then yeah, it was just like uh, it, a bit of rebuilding then because we had KK come in and it, it just wasn't a good fit, and then obviously uh, Friendy came in and we did we had a decent year when Friendy came in. I think people were just so happy to get a. It just it was such a bad fit before that I think that when when Freddie came in he got on with everyone and kind of got the group back together. Like we ended up getting to the quarters against Ulster, we lost up there. We probably could have won that game, but like for a first year of a coach to get to the quarters, it was actually it was quite reasonable. Um, I we probably should have done better last year. Realistically, um, there was a few games we just we, we just slipped off on, but. Um, I mean, if they can, if they can keep the momentum this year with what they've had already, and uh, and definitely with a few of the younger lads being brought up from academy, um, 
like if they can, if those lads front up, because I, I know the percentage I think is quite low for development players to actually break through. I think it's about thirty percent, but it, we we have a we have a decent proportion of them uh, qualified up to any develop. Any ones to watch in your in your mind? Own any guys you kind of say I, I've seen I, a little I bit. Thought, of I, like I thought Peter Sullivan at the weekend on the wing was very solid. Um, who else is coming up there? We have. Um, uh, Niall Murray, yeah. We think Niall, there's a few good guys anyway that are. Yeah, Niall Murray. I'd be interested to see Jordan Duggan actually as well. He's another guy who's brought up his tank. He actually, if you believe it, bust my AC with the tackle shield. That's how strong he is. Like. <laughs> so I was running in. I ran in with the ball to him with the tackle shield and got like my AC blown out and I was like Jesus this fella's solid so if he can stay fit and then uh, it'd be interesting to see like the likes of your man Jack Anger as well coming down from Leicester as well some of those lads so yeah like I mean if if, the, if those lads can front up and uh, and fill spots of the likes of I don't know Quinn Rue or Alton Delan or those lads are out or the stalwarts like Tierno Holler and Maddie Healy, like they put in a lot of game time for lads who are uh, pushing. Well, Maddie's over thirty now, so uh, he's done very well to sign a two-year and, uh, and get another two years out of him. So fair play to him. You're obviously flagging him a bit. Oh, yeah. big time, big time. He's always he's renowned for being like in unbelievable shape all the time. All the time, Maddie Healy. Oh yeah, yeah incredible yeah. type. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's got he's cute. You know yourself. You know yourself, Luke. When you get to that stage of your career and you're well able to mind yourself, and you you can kind of like you know. <laughs> I have, I never got there. I was always I was always bollocks with injuries. Yeah. It's gas. <laughs> I never even made it to that point. <laughs> it's gas. Listen to like now, and it's like obviously there's a few new young lads coming in. You know, you're doing these sort of like, all right, lads, this is take it down to thirty percent. Like we're just it's more visualization stuff, and then you have young lads like absolutely fending off, and it's like. Come on, lads. My it's lad. like, give, give them a year. Give them a year. They'll understand the old gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and just on one of the things you said there, like, uh, obviously, the, the Kieran Keane year you mentioned, it wasn't a great fit. And obviously, from the outside looking in, so certainly some of his interviews were, were quite gruff. Like, what, what, what was it that, why wasn't it a good fit for the team? Uh, I, 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 I don't want to throw him under the bus, but I think it, probably a little bit of planning. Like, I, I think the... It's probably changed now in more recent years, but you no, know, you would have said back in the day, like Southern Hemisphere, like it was like, oh, just let the boys play. Like, even when you like, oh, I see some Murray Kinsella banging up some clips there, and it's like lads are just throwing around the ball, and it seems to be a little bit less structured. I know, it's, I know it is structured, but it seems to be less structured. And I think maybe, maybe he, 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 he could, he could have done a better job as, as a backs coach or like a skills coach, but I think the head coach role may have been a little bit. It, I don't know if it suited me. I think I think it might have been his first head coach role, and I don't know if that was for him at that time with our club. I know he's gone down back. I think with um, uh, he's gone, who, who did he go? he's gone, he, he went back taking a, a, I think a, a, um, an ITM team, but uh, and I think he's done quite well with them. So maybe it was just a Sherlock. You just have bad fits and you have good fits, and it just I just it just didn't fit with us. So. Um, yeah, it was great. I actually had a great year under him. I think I played some of the best rugby <laughs> of my life. I was raging when my contract wasn't up that year. I was like, because <laughs> uh, I and, and I think that was half of it because it was like because it was kind of like ah, I don't really care. Like, do you know what I mean? He's not like he, he's not like a. I, I just get the freedom. I was like, whatever. I was like, if I play bad, I play bad. If I play well, I play well. And like I was just playing like playing really well all the time. <laughs> I was like. Jeez, would have been a good year to kind of re-extend the contract, but sure, um, that's just how it happens. Yeah, but look, it, it is interesting, isn't it, when you look back at the career, you know, do, do, you, do you feel satisfied with it, you know, just as a kind of a closing, I suppose? I mean, do you think, you look back and you say, do you know what, um, you know, I got the best out of myself, I met loads of nice, you know, good people, that, that, all that kind of stuff. When you look back at it fondly, do you think? Yeah, like, definitely, definitely. And, like, it's funny, it's hard to, I suppose, like, it's hard to, not be or sorry like i because I, I would find myself quite humble and like people are like oh you've had a great career and i'm always like oh well like i could have got on and did more and i won more and like there was there was one or two years where i really think we we should have won more and um you'll always have that and i think it'd be i don't know if there's any player ever that would finish and think that they they did everything they could have done like you even ask brian o'driscoll he'll probably have like a couple of times where he's like oh, i should have won another heineken cup or two or another grand slam or or whatever it is like 
but um, but no, like as a whole, like I'm, I'm like I'm happy. To, I'm very content with, with finishing up now, and, I, and like the way I'm looking at it now is like I'm happy enough to get my my sort of career off the off the, the board now. And um, while I've less responsibilities and be in a pretty good position in two years' time, because I know lads that will come out with you know at 33 with two kids you know, like a mortgage and everything. And then all of a sudden they're in the position I was in there for the last couple of months. And it's, it's not easy. Like it's not easy when you just have to take care of yourself, but I can't imagine what it's like when you have a couple of mouths to feed. So yeah, like absolutely like content with my time there and, uh, and delighted. And like, I'll always be a kind of supporter and, um, uh, hopefully that I don't do too well, but no, but, <laughs> no, no, but seriously, seriously, I, like, I didn't think I was, and I was out, I was out playing golf and I was like, yeah, we're getting back. And I was like speeding back to get back to see the game. Like, cause I do have like a, a serious invested interest in them, obviously, cause they're also good mates of mine as well. Um, but definitely, like I'm sure in another three or four years, I'll be one of those potholes out in the in the stand shouting stupid <laughs> stuff at them. Like, <laughs> do you know what's great though? When you become a commentator on the games, you, no one talks to you anymore, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can invite them into the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's. Do you know what? I I completely I completely empathize with you because when I came out, like, and I still watch the games. And I can't really go to the stadium, actually, because if I sit next to normal people, I know obviously I have no choice but go, to go to the stadiums at the moment. But when we get back in, I'd love to go. But I just know that if people actually heard what I said at the matches, <laughs> I think they would honestly, I just can't, you know, I'm still so vested in it. And I, I, it is very, very difficult to be objective. It is yeah. part of the job now, yeah, but it is, yeah, uh, yeah. you'll find that now because I'm sure you'll probably do a bit of... Uh, you know a few commentary gigs here and there if you're if you're still interested yeah. in, i suppose I want to do that and it's uh it's very difficult yeah it's a, it's a fine fine balancing uh balancing act you know yeah so, yeah good to hear you you had a great time uh thanks a million for coming on and we really appreciate it and the inside scoop and you were very honest with everything so that was brilliant and best luck with the uh the next stage man it's uh it's tricky don't worry if you get a little bit lost i think it's normal i i've definitely felt it through the process yeah, myself yeah. but uh yeah, no, call anytime you're you're stuck or you want to view an ent and uh, if I can help, I will. All right? Brilliant. Legend, lads. Great to Cheers, chat. John, thanks very much. Chat to thanks you soon, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's all we have time for this week on the left wing. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with another podcast reviewing all the action. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye.